Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is Jim Ventura, host of our show. Welcome everyone, whether you're catching the show live or uh, in archive. Uh, glad you're tuned in. Hope everyone is having a good summer so far. Here in Phoenix, uh, we've got our monsoon season already. So uh, that actually is both good and bad. The good side is we're actually getting rain. The bad side is we're getting very muggy, muggy days, which is bizarre here in Phoenix. Usually it's kind of dry. Anyway, so uh, if it's your first time tuning into the show, my name again is Jim Ventura. I am a professional navigational consultant. And what that means is uh, I have expertise in astrology and numerology throw uh, animal cards, uh, runestones. I, I work with a lot of different types of oracles. I have a home office here in Phoenix and do phone consultations as well with people professionally. Uh, if you want any information on my services, jimventura.com. Go to my website, check out my new client promotion and um, what the options are, and you can uh, email me and uh, look at booking a session if you'd like to do that. I'm also obviously a blog columnist. We're going to Today's show is we're going to read my current monthly column uh, live, and I'm going to talk about that in a bit more detail. Um, and um, I, some shows I'm able to take live calls. I probably will not be able to do that for today's show. I kind of want to stay on subject uh, for most of the show. It is only a 45-minute show, so it's not like we're going to get to the phones today, but I will uh, be back here in two weeks for my other uh, Thursday show, which will be, I, I think it's the 24th, but it is uh, my astrology update show. First half of the show, I talk about astrology generally for everyone, and then I take live calls. So that's a good show to call in on if you're looking to uh, get a couple minute free uh, rune pull or tarot card pull for a couple of minutes live on air. Different themes for different shows. Uh, of course, uh, I could say again, we're going to do a live column reader in just a few minutes here. Then we'll talk about it in some more detail. So uh, also, if you're uh, not already getting my monthly newsletter uh, to make all column, just email me at VenturaSage at Yahoo.com, and I can add you to the monthly mailing list so you can get the newsletter and take advantage of uh, reading special discounts and lots of good information that comes out once a month, and your uh, email will never be shared. Uh, the, The column is blind copied out once a month. Okay, so let me grab my glasses. Beauty being 40s, you have to use glasses to see. Never had those. Never had that before. Uh, didn't start till about about my mid 40s though, and 49 now. So uh, I can't really complain. I only have to wear dollar store reading glasses. So I guess it could be worse. Some people have to have glasses all of their lives. So mine is easy and cheap. Okay, so this month's column is actually a column I wrote back in 2008. Uh, this is a, uh, a repeat column um, called More and More Stuff. About a year ago, a client gave me a pair of expensive sunglasses. While I appreciated her generous and generosity, it is rare for me to own anything as extravagant as a pair of $300 sunglasses. I'm content to have a $30 pair and consider them to be just as valuable. In fact, owning a pair of expensive sunglasses might make me overly concerned about whether I would lose or break them. My client gave them to me partly out of generosity, but more to spite her husband. 
Her wealthy, overbearing spouse was playing all kinds of manipulative games of power and control with her. She contemplated throwing them away, but recognized that it would be far more brutal retaliation to give them to me. He doesn't believe in therapists in the form of metaphysical mumbo-jumbo, so I'm guessing she would purposely tell him she gave them to me. Well, Well, I didn't want to get caught up in their domestic retaliation war. The sunglasses were innocent. If they were going to be thrown away, it was probably better for me to take them. I've never been one one to put much energy into showy acquisition. I drive a moderate car and shop for most of my clothes at places like Ross and Burlington's Coat Factory. While I'm very much a fan of being comfortable and considered a high priority, most of the things I own are not expensive items. I briefly went through a stage in my late teens when I wanted designer labels and high-priced items. However, this stage was extremely brief. By the time I reached my early 20s, I realized it was, I was more interested in comfort, not glitter. Owning expensive things makes me more likely to get upset if I lose them. It also carries the trap of being too concerned about what could happen to the mature things I might make too important. Expensive items can be stolen, they can break, they often require upkeep, and I simply never wanted to deal with all of that added worry. In order to earn more money, I worked 45 hours a week in my early 20s for about one year. I waited on tables at two different jobs. I made more money but realized that I preferred a little less money and more free time over the extra income. I think almost everyone has a few areas where they can be somewhat extravagant. I think there's nothing wrong with having a few areas in life where we have sophisticated tastes. Some people like expensive meals at restaurants. Some people like to own fine jewelry. Many people want to have the best-looking home on the block. Some people spend exorbitant amounts of money on plastic surgery just to make their bodies look perfect. My biggest extravagance in most of my friends' and family's eyes are my trips to Las Vegas five or six times a year. They're surprised that I spend so much money on these trips and a few other vacations. The truth is, Vegas is one of the least expensive places for me to travel to. My mathematical skills give me an edge that most people don't have when they gamble. When I play, I typically play low stakes and occasionally even win. My rooms are all, uh, my rooms are all, my rooms and all of my meals are comped. These trips usually cost me very little in comparison to what most people spend on vacations. It's actually far less costly for me to spend three days of luxury in Vegas than three days in San Diego, even though I do love San Diego. We have to pay for the hotel and rooms and meals. I've never been interested in the he who dies with the most toys wins philosophy. I attribute this to being an old soul. Having living, lived many lifetimes, I think one begins to acquire wisdom and an ability to see how little value there is in obsessive acquisition. The more we strive to acquire things that get caught in the grips of greed, the more we inevitably suffer. When taken to an extreme, competitiveness and veracity can be very unattractive. An obsessive need to have the best cars, largest house, designer shoes, and even the most elaborate parties. See if you can make it through an episode of the television show My Sweet Sixteen, to you know what I mean here, carries a heavy price tag. When we get caught up with keeping with the Joneses, we'll probably eventually lose. Some will always have more money and better stuff. We'll feel like we have failed or need to work harder to compete. If we, work, we have to work long hours at a job we don't really enjoy, are we wealthy and successful or just a slave to a system of acquisition? 
It also run across people who live at the far end of the bell curve in relation to having too much stuff. There are people who look you with utter disdain at anything that smacks of materialism. This type of perspective is sometimes found among metaphysical people. Having been in the New Age world for many years, I have also run into a few people who consider any type of acquisition, or even the maintenance and needs of our bodies, as lacking in spiritual worthiness. About five years ago, I received a message on my answering machine that was the epitome of the nuttiness of people who are at the far other extreme. Hi, Jim. My name is Serendipity. A client gave me your name. We have a lot in common. I've been studying crystals and I read tarot cards. Right now, I don't have a phone or a home. I don't believe in overvaluing material things and choose not to participate in that kind of negativity. It will be difficult for you to reach me, but I would like to talk. I will give you a friend's phone number. He's really hard to reach also, but if you keep trying, he might be able to find me. His number is blah, 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 blah. I felt very little guilt when I erased the silly message from my voicemail and never returned the call. We're born into a physical body for a reason. When we pass back into spirit, we will have no need for this vehicle, but while we are alive, it's important to deal with the care, feeding, maintenance, and practical needs of the body. Having a comfortable home, a job we enjoy, some nice things, tools that help us to communicate with each other, and a few luxuries to sweeten the experience are no less valuable than our spirituality. To many spiritual seekers, try to rise, trying to rise above the needs of the body I often remind these types of people that it's very difficult to pay for your phone bill or air conditioning in the hot summer with good intentions and positive thoughts. Money and things are a necessity, and it is not wise to completely avoid this aspect of life. When it comes to acquisition, I follow the perspective that comfort is what matters most. The things I acquire are tools to help me enjoy the things that are of real value. I prefer to have memorable experiences over expensive possessions meaningful conversations with friends, the happy relief I experienced the first cool night in Arizona in October when I can open the front and back door and turn off the AC. It has nothing to do with material things. Cuddling up with my maid in a comfy bed is not really about having an expensive bed. When I see my clients excited about developing their intuitive abilities, I feel a sense of wealth. My nephew's excited reactions to a creative gift I recently sent them cost very little but it had another type of value. It was memorable, fun, and it reminded them that their uncle does care about them. The home I own brings comfort and security to the people, plants, and animals that are part of my life. It is not impressive by any means, but it is really cozy. Any piece of beautiful music, book, or a movie that makes me go mushy inside is priceless. Philosopher Art Buckwald said it perfectly. The best things in life aren't things. Okay, so this column, I, you know, it's funny. I actually wrote this back in, uh, when did I write this? Back in January of 2008, uh, which is probably interesting at, at a couple of different levels because uh, by mid-2008 was when the economy took its sort of difficult turn. So I actually wrote this lovely piece before the, uh, the the hardcore part of the economic downturn uh, in 2008-2009. Uh, so uh, uh, interesting to be talking about wealth and, and financial things and all that, that good stuff here as well. But uh, 
you know, I remember the, the sunglasses thing very well. It was a regular client of mine that I had saw. She, you know, my regular client program is people come in quarterly every three months for sessions for a couple of years. Some do it for many years. Some just do it for a year or two. Um, so I've got some people that do it monthly. You know, they pay a lower rate, and you know, they work more on consistent spiritual development and other matters. And I had a client that was I saw her for about two years, and this was the client I was writing about. In fact, I haven't heard or uh, lost track of her probably about, probably say about four years ago. So um, she probably moved, and sometimes people change their email addresses, and they get lost along the way. Uh, but I, I remember this. She was she was a good person. And she was, she was really in some torment over, um, you know, a very wealthy but controlling husband. And they were his sunglasses. But here's the funny part of the story, because she gave me the sunglasses. She paid for a session, handed me the sunglasses, and I took them. And I wore them a couple of times, but you know, I didn't really much for wearing sunglasses anyway. Uh, not really kind of my thing, I guess. Uh, but... Uh, what ended up happening is I ended up in a car accident in 2009, and the sunglasses were in the, in the glove box, that middle thing in the middle of your car, not the, not the glove box, but you know what I'm talking about, the middle thing in the middle between the, the front passenger seat and the front seat. And I had them in there. So when the car was totaled, uh, you know, I had to go to uh, the, the junkyard and pull out the things in the car. Um, and, you know, I weirdly forgot that they were in that, compartment, and I left them there. So, you know, like a, a little over a year, year and a half later, I ended up losing the sunglasses, barely ever used them, and uh, hopefully someone found them before they crushed the car. I, I'm sure someone probably went through that car to see if anyone left anything behind. So, cool, maybe someone lucked out and got a 300 pair of really high-end sunglasses for nothing. But, uh, again, kind of reiterating the point of how much I really care about stuff that most people who have been to my place, you know, people will always say that you have a very cozy, comfortable place. And I, you know, I always have to laugh and say, thank you, you know, translation. It's, you know, it's nice. It's comfy. Is it really nice with really high-end stuff? Not really. Uh, never really said been much for, um, for uh, stuff. In fact, I have a, a very, very good uh, friend of mine who's trying to give me a $2,000 couch now, and I'm actually telling her no just because the, getting the couch that I have now out of my upstairs condo is a nightmare. It, it, you know, the, it, getting it in here 10 years ago when I bought the place was an ordeal because it wouldn't come through the front door. And so I had to go through the back sliding glass doors and we had to hoist it up and take off the sliding glass doors in the back. Um, and, oh, God, I mean, it was just such an ordeal. And uh, she's like, how come you don't want this couch? I'm like, dude, it's 110 degrees out in Phoenix. I'm not going to... <laughs> process of you bringing out the couch in the summer and us trying to maneuver this while sweating and dying and asking friends to help me with this right now. I'd rather keep the couch that I have for a while longer. So I bought new slip covers for it. Uh, it still works fine, even though it's a little torn up. Uh, yeah, again, never really been much for, for, for acquisition in, in that sense. So, uh, again, you got to left. Although, absolutely, I love taking good vacations. I like being comfortable. This stuff has always been really, really in, important to me um, than, than necessarily stuff itself. So it kind of brings us into an interesting couple of areas that I, that I kind of want to talk about for my listeners today, um, and I'm going to launch into that in a little bit. Um, I, I'm catching, I've got a couple of people that are calling in. Guys, this is um, not a call-in. This particular show is not a call-in show. 
So um, I'm not going to do, uh, only because people are going to ask for mini readings, and I, I want to stay on subject today. Um, two weeks from now, I will be back with my astrology show, and those are the shows, when I do those once or twice a month, those are the shows that you can call in on and ask a question and get a five-minute mini reading. But uh, I typically don't do those uh, for my column read shows, so uh, I'm not going to realistically take calls today. We've only got about another 20 uh, 25 minutes of the show, and I want to stay on subject, okay? So thank you for the calls, but no, I won't be taking live calls today. Um, but uh, so kind of getting back to the, the subject matter at hand um, that we're talking about, you know, I would mentioned a couple of things in this piece, and I want, I want to kind of elaborate on those, uh, on those points a little bit more uh, at this point in the game um, and give you guys some uh, some more insight that way uh, about these things. Uh, again, welcome everyone who's tuning into the show live or jumping into the chat room here. I see people jumping in and out of the chat room um, uh, so compulsively here, uh, which I always find interesting uh, as well, the, the jumping in and out. I wonder if there's people that are sort of channel surfing at this point in the game. Uh, I know a lot of times people, uh, when it comes to the, the, the Oracle shows, people kind of jump to get free mini-readings. And again, I do do those in some of my shows, but I just don't really want every show to be about that uh, you know, uh, as well. Uh, when I kind of want to give people insight at, at, at other levels. So again, uh, you know, getting back to our subject here, um, you know, and I, one of the things I, I point out to people, I kind of mentioned this in the piece when I had read it, that, um, you know, I, if I'm 49 years old, I, I've definitely, uh, I've tried the let me work extra hours so I can make even more money syndrome. And, you know, the, the show couldn't be better timed because I'll, I'll share something with, with everyone today that that's been real interesting little development as of late. I was approached a couple of days ago by a uh, Japanese businessman who was in Phoenix um, for I guess for business reasons and vacation and he was scouting um, readers I, I guess they've got a something in uh, Japan I believe it's a Telsey corporation or something that it's called and when he had booked a session for him and a friend of his and they showed up and she had to do a lot of the interpretation because he spoke English but it was very broken in comparison she was a little better also Japanese, but she had a little bit better English skills. So I had done two sessions for them, and they were really wonderful, very delightful people. But he also wanted to sell me on some promotion that his company was reps for. And, and long story short, um, you know, I guess they scout out uh, readers, numerologists, tarot card readers, things like that all over Japan and all over the world. They've got people from India, a few Americans and Australians on their site. People go to this site in Japan and they click on it and you can, you know, it's promotional for you and you can, uh, they set programs up where you can ask them questions and I guess it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's probably pretty big in Japan. It's probably a pretty strong site and in, in the neighboring areas. So he, they wanted to use me they, and it was very cute because they were really 
excited about being here, having a session with me. They kept, you know, they kept taking pictures. Then they wanted personal pictures, taking pictures of my office. It was really cute. You know, I guess they kind of thought of me as a celebrity. <laughs> I, I, I've got YouTube videos, and anybody who catches my videos knows that I could be quite the ham on, uh, on, on camera. And uh, so I guess they kind of had that little awe of the celebrity thing, which was, like I said, cute. I don't really see myself much as a celebrity, but I guess some people do. And... Uh, so they wanted personal pictures and things, and anyway, so they were they were they were legit. But they, the business proposal they threw at me was, you know, if I sign up for this promotion, they do marketing for me in Japan, and people just click on the website, and I could take a lump sum of twenty five hundred dollars, um, or I can get royalties. And so I told them I get back in a few days. And I actually have to get back to them in the next couple of days on this. But they're thinking about it for a couple of days, and it, it's interesting because if I had been presented with this probably back in 2009 when the economy was much rougher and I was in a, in a more difficult space, you know, at the time financially as many people were, um, I, I probably would have done this. Um, but now, you know, I'm looking at this and, you know, uh, I'm looking at these different people on their site and, and, you know, they're, you know, people, they pay a certain amount of yen. It'll get translated to American money, of course, too, for me. And then you can, you, they send you a question and you give them information about the numerology or other things. You email it to them. And so this company takes obviously a percentage of that, probably half. I don't know what the statistics are. So it would bring a lot more income my way and connect me with a lot more people nationally. But I'm kind of thinking no. And again, really nice timing with this particular piece because you know, I've reached a point in my life where, yeah, listen, my business is successful. Um, you know, in Phoenix, I'm the number one uh, guy on Yelp when you run through search engines for astrologers and things like that. I'm, I'm number one, number two in most of the search engines for this area. I have a good stream of business coming in. Got about 1,400 people getting my column, Facebook followers. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm I'm in a really good place where I can do. I end up doing about between 15 and 20, 21 appointments a week on average. And, you know, that's good enough. I make good money. Um, it's me and a cat right now at this point in my life. I don't have any debt anymore. So, um, yes, I could work more and make more money and do more marketing, but I don't want to. You know, I want to I nap. I want to go to the gym four or five days a week. I want to I help people, but I don't want to kill myself when I'm doing it constantly and I don't care that much about the money and the stuff, so I think I'm actually going to turn this down. And uh, in some ways it would be also working for someone again, which is, you know, it's the beauty of having being self-employed and having my own business. I got away from that. So, and it's a two-year contract, and, you know, and I even got quiet on it, and I pulled a couple of cards on it and, you know, things like that, which is beautiful, having access to those tools. And I really clarified that this didn't really feel like the right thing for me to do. But it's funny because it feels like I'm turning away opportunity. But, you know, in some respects I am. I, I, I just don't, I don't think I want to really necessarily be that national uh, in that sense. It's, it's just not something that I, uh, I think really matters for me at this point in the game. And, uh, you know, it's funny because in numerology, when you, when you look at a numerology chart, uh, this is something I, you know, I do people's numerology for them, and any of my listeners who know a little about this, uh, you know, you go through different, four, different timing cycles in your life that's derived from your birth date, or what's called your birth path. And, you know, in the last nine-year period, I was in an eight cycle, which was all about mastery and success, 
but now I'm in a four cycle, which is now through the rest of my life in this kind of four pinnacle energy. You know, and the four is about building slow and steady. It's about working, but it's not, you know, the four, the driving under four energy is more about stability and practicality and slowly, steadily building toward goals, where the eight energy is about I must reach mastery and success. So the funny thing is I'm right on target with my own numerology in that I did. I, I peaked out, but this just became very successful on the tail end of my uh, my uh, eight year, and now I'm in, in my, my eight cycle, and now I'm in the, uh, in the four cycle, and I just think I just want to continue to work. I think I'll always work. But I don't really, I don't know, I don't really want that much stuff. I, I'm, I'm making good money and I'm comfortable and I, I think that's where I want to go. You know, so it's funny because, again, nice timing with this coming up with me having uh, repeated this column because I mentioned in it when I, when I read the column, too, I talked about the idea of the he who dies with the most toys wins type of a, a perspective. And, and I guess, like I said, for the most part, I really just never had it. Briefly, when I was younger, I, I wanted nicer stuff, and I, I wanted to be around the prettiest people and, and have the, you know, the, the friends that were the movers and the shakers. But I can't tell you, it was such a brief window for me because it just bored me rather quickly. Um, you know, a lot of the people that I was around that were wealthier or, you know, really pretty in that sense and, and all of those things, they just seemed a little hollow to me. And it's just they were, you know, I, I was studying metaphysics and, and things like that. When I wanted to talk about those subjects, a lot of times they looked at me like I had ten heads when I was 20 years old. Like, you know, who cares about that your beliefs form your reality? Who cares about your astrology? So they, they, they had a very different focus. I never faulted them for being wrong in that sense. Uh, in fact, I've, I've talked about this on previous shows about the reality of soul age and how that relates to us and the people we interact with that, you know, again, for younger souls, the idea of acquisition in one form or another is a very key element to their development where for mature and older souls, often uh, mature soul energy is more about like relationships and others understanding that dynamic or older soul energy tends to be more about developing uh, a sense of comfort with your place in the world and not necessarily striving, trying to find a comfortable place to exist where you help others and you feel like you're doing well in the world and you're comfortable, but you're not really killing yourself. And that sense, old souls often are very talented and then also a little lazy. <laughs> in that sense, and I am definitely, you know, the classic example of an old soul in that sense because, you know, the amount of things I could do uh, creatively is staggering. Uh, you know, I just never run out of uh, opportunities and things that I could necessarily do, but I just don't really seem to care that much about really going to town. Uh, you know, a very good friend of mine who, uh, he's an older soul also. He just has a different kind of focus on things. It's funny because about a year ago he told me he was going to take a little more time off and work on his book, and then about six months ago he really committed to it, and he's already published it. Me, God, it takes me sometimes four and five years to get a book done. Like I'll write it, and by the time it's edited, and I get it to you know to publishing and all the other things too. I got to figure it. Usually, it's like between three, four, and five years before I get another one done. My pace is slow uh, in that sense. Uh, I guess like I that again, I, as much as I love doing them, I, I probably will end up with maybe you know ten or eleven or twelve books by the time I pass. Uh, and leave this world when not. But I think that's plenty. I don't really know necessarily. I have two books already, and I've actually finished a third and three quarters to a fourth. 
and a quarter through a fifth, actually. But I've got a tarot book I'm working on. I want to do a tarot interpretation book to give to people so they can get real good interpretation uh, uh, information from cards. A lot of the stuff in the market is terrible. I want to do something good. You know, but it's going to take me a while. I'll get there. Uh, but that's the thing about the old soul thing. Often there's often talent, ability, but less desire for acquisition. And uh, cause I, I guess I, I've always, always really, really been that way. Uh, in fact, even a couple of years ago, my, my mom's 81 years old, and uh, she was, my brother had uh, had some issues financially a couple of years back, and I had to borrow some money from my mom, who's very comfortable financially. It's not like she couldn't do it. And uh, then I always pay it back on top of it, too, true uh, Ventura fashion of being, you know, German, Italian. you got to pay back anything you borrow. But uh, my brother gave me a lot of crap about it and said I was slowly whittling away the inheritance money and that I borrowed money too many times and all this other jazz that I started bombarding about. And I was laughing about him saying that we're, I was slowly whittling away their inheritance money. Like, I don't think of my mother's money as my inheritance money. My mother's money is my mother's money. My father passed, left my mother financially comfortable. For all I know, my mother may give every bit of her money to the Catholic Church because there's a good chance she might or to the Animal Welfare League or something that she cares a lot about animals. That's her thing. You know, like, I don't expect to get any retirement money. Uh, if I do, great. But I mean, I, I, I make good money. I don't, I don't, I'm not counting on my, I count on my inheritance money in that sense to get me through. But truth was, my brother is. He's not as successful in terms of his work. And he, uh, he, he probably really will feel safer if he has that and he gets that taken care of. So I kind of, kind of pissed me off the way he did it. But at another level, it opened my eyes to, you know, that I don't really care about this type of thing. I said, if I get money down the line when my mom dies, um, great. If I don't, I don't. Again, I don't care. It's not up to me to expect uh, that that my my parents were supposed to take care of me. I'm, uh, I'm almost 50 years old. You know, in fact, I, when I go to the casino with my friend from time to time, and sometimes I talk to very uh, elderly people and they're gambling away. I'll joke with them and say, I hope you're slowly gambling away your children's inheritance money. And they usually laugh when I say that, like, we kind of are. <laughs> Good for you, because I wish my mother would do more things with the money that she has. She's become somewhat of a hermit, you know, but she, you know, she doesn't really want to leave the house. She stays in the house with a little dog, and she's a little antisocial, and she's got plenty of money where she could travel and see her grandchildren, and she don't want to do it, you know. So, whatever, you know, like I said, people make different choices for, for different reasons, and, and they're not necessarily wrong. They're just their choices. I think that, that, that that's kind of key. So, you know, another point I had made in all of this is I had made the joke about serendipity, and I don't think that was the name of the of – the, it actually was a guy, too, that called me. I had met someone in Sedona briefly, and, and, this, uh, and uh, I, this is sort of an exaggerated version of the story, even though it really is kind of true. And he did. He gave me a, uh, he gave me his uh, a card that just sort of said his name, but didn't have a phone number because he didn't have a phone. And and I think he was kind of hitting on me too in that sense. And uh, uh, which just made me laugh. Again, this I don't have a I don't have a home. I I I, I don't I, I land from home to home. I never am sure where I'm necessarily going to be. I don't believe in material things and. 
God, you know, I'm, I'm listening to this, and I did. I, I changed the story, and I wrote that it was a call, but it really was an actual person who handed me their card, and I, I threw it away. I mean, you know, uh, here's the number of a friend. I might be at his house for a while. He might be able to get hold of me. And I just thought to myself, you know, it, it just makes me laugh because it, it's actually, you know, in, in, there's a little bit of this in Buddhism. Even though Buddhism is awesome at a lot of levels, especially Zen Buddhism, but there can be a little bit of that idea that somehow the body is inferior and that we must develop our spirituality and our intuition and all of the things. And, and listen, developing your spirituality or intuition, intuition, all of those things are absolutely of value. There's no question. I wish more people would focus on that. But listen, we're, we're born into a body. Um, we, we, we're meant to take care of our body, to maintain it, to exercise it, to keep it strong. And I, I, people, you know, sometimes people will, will say to me, again, I'm almost 50 years old, and I, you know, when people find out how old I am, a lot of times they're surprised. They usually think I'm about 42, or almost 50, or late 30s, or 44. And so, you know, they'll say, oh, you're lucky you got good genetics. And I say, well, yeah, but also, I mean, I, I like to take care of my body. I like to exercise. I, I, I eat reasonably well. I moisturize. I I nip and I tuck to take care of myself. I actually enjoy all of that. And anyone who um, is an astrological bu- uh, fan, um, for me, that's Venus and Scorpio in my sixth house. We're on the cusp of my seventh, but still technically in my sixth. So, uh, yeah, but it wasn't good at, at health and body maintenance in that sense. I guess I've had some luck. Venus in our chart, you know, typically shows where we have sort of ease, and, and feminine receptivity in, in some ways. So Venus is always kind of a good thing in our chart in terms of ease. Venus and Jupiter are the two planets that where we tend to have abundance and, and, and ease in that sense, uh, the sign that it's in the house that it occupies. And then as it transits, it, it can trigger those things in different areas and all that as it moves through houses in other ways. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that, there is a value in, in, the, in the maintenance of the body. And uh, I guess I'm not obsessive about body maintenance. Some might think that I am. I go to gym about four days a week for about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. I've been doing that, Jesus, probably since I'm you know, 16, 17, 18 years old. So I'm in, in good shape. I always have been. Um, I never think I'm in good enough shape, though. I could lose six more pounds. I could do this. I could do that. That's the standard body dysmorphia of almost anyone that works out attends to their body. You're never where you want you could be. But I, I know I'm in good shape. I know I'm healthy. Um, and I prioritize it. So I've never really bought that idea that somehow the body is a lesser thing. No, again, if you only are about your body and you become completely self-absorbed with that part of your life, you're out of balance. But ignoring it entirely, you know, it can be kind of ludicrous too. Now listen, there's people who like, um, was it Stephen Jobs? Is it Stephen Jobs? I'm going to mess up whoever I'm talking about, but I can't think of the, the, the computer guy that's in a wheelchair. Listen, there's probably not much he can do with his body at this point in the game, so he's developed an incredible intellect in that sense, and uh, that's amazing. But for most of us, that's not our condition. We are meant to maintain, feed, house, take care of the body, you know, like uh, joking with this about the serendipity saying, I don't believe in material things. Well, listen, but then you do believe in sleeping on 
your friends' couches who work and have jobs and pay for their things, and then you're kind of sponging off of that. So, uh, listen, it's part of what makes the world go round. In fact, I left today because I had a client, and she was definitely of like mind because she's, uh, she's in her mid-50s, and she has a successful business and career. And, and in her numerology and her you know, chart, it kind of showed that she'd probably always work. And I had humorously said that to her. I said, listen, you're probably going to work till you die. You know, and she laughed, and she said, well, I want to. And I said, well, that's exactly it. You can either rebel against that idea, or you can find the joy in working. And, you know, listen, I, I, I will probably work well into my 80s. I may even work into my 90s, depending if I live that long, and probably will. But um, cool if I don't. It doesn't matter to me either, but I, I probably will. It's not really much health-wise that's likely to knock me out. never seems to. And uh, but I enjoy working. Um, uh, much as I love going on vacation, and I do, and I love my vacations. In fact, I will be going to Vegas again for the first time in a couple of months next uh, next week. That's why I won't be doing a show on Thursday of next week. I'll actually be in Las Vegas. Um, very much looking forward to it. I love my vacations. I love when I go to California. I love when I go to New York every couple of years. I love when I go to Vegas uh, five or six times a year. Um, but, uh, you know, after three or four days of it, I actually look forward to coming back home and, and, and working again and getting back into my routine and all of those things. I, you know, sometimes people will say, oh, I want to go to Europe for a couple of months. Eh, I don't know if I could really do something that extreme. I think it's awesome. If you're able to do it, I'd say have at it. It would be a great experience to be around a different, different cultures for an extended period of time, helping to change the way you view things and the way you think. But uh, astrologically, I'm not much of a night houser, so I typically tend to not be as caught up in that, that type of a, a purpose or, or destiny. But, yeah, again, to me, there's absolutely nothing wrong w- with stuff and, 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 uh, and, and having nice things and, and being comfortable. Again, I just think that we can get so caught up in it that it kind of brings us into what I call the greed dragon. And on the other end... You know, we could be that type of person who doesn't care at all about, uh, you know, the acquisition of stuff or body maintenance or security and all of those things as well. And listen, you know, I've always said this repeatedly. There's no wrong way to live a life. People will have different priorities and points of view. And I I really, as human beings, I wish people were more tolerant of understanding another person's choices. But that doesn't mean that you, you can't be discerning and, and, and disagree with it from your own end, meaning it might not be something you want to do, but live and let live for them to do what they necessarily want to do. So it gives me there's nothing wrong with a life that way. It just would not be one I would choose. And again, it would strike me as difficult in some ways to not um, work or to build in that way, because I really think we get a lot of life force from the work that we do and, and the vitality that naturally comes out of that as well. Uh, work can be frustrating, but work can also be fulfilling. I think there's a, you know, there's a dual dance to all of those things that we, we end up looking at as, as human beings as well. So I mentioned the Greek dragon. Let me mention that real quick. Um, you know, there are seven fears that human beings have, impatience, uh, martyrdom, uh, greed, self-destruction, 
uh, self-deprecation, um, arrogance, and stubbornness. Uh, everyone has one, most people have two uh, of these primary fears that, that affect their lives. Greed is a fear of lack, and uh, its positive pole is appetite, and its negative pole is ferocity. Um, and appetite is the absolute enjoyment of, of good things and exquisiteness. The greed dragon can often, that fear can often focus on on acquisition. Uh, I mentioned this, you know, the, the character from Sex and the City, Carrie Bradshaw, somewhat had the greed dragon. You have a lot of vitality, a lot of enthusiasm. You have a woman that spent more money on shoes than on other practical survival factors. <laughs> Again, I'm not judging it. I'm just observing it and imagining it. But... Uh, so that's one thing with the Greek dragon. Again, it's positive pole. These people have a tremendous taste for life in a way. And, what they, and they like something, they often like it a lot. But the negative polarity, polarity of veracity is a tendency to feel that you can never get enough of that. You're never fulfilled. Um, you know, I've known people that, you know, people often with sexual addictions often have the Greek dragon. People with... Uh, um, you know, with, uh, with all kinds of different types of addictions often have the greed dragon. People who work too much, uh, people who have endless affairs, people who um, are, uh, you know, are addicted to uh, figurines that they want to spend a fortune on. They can never have enough baseball cards or, you know, so it's a common fear. And, and, and you know, it, it can play out in a very negative way and in a more of a mild format. It can, again, be the type of person that has a high level of appetite in certain areas. But the veracity part is where the pain comes in because it can be that fear that there's never enough. And, you know, where this fear actually originates from in human beings is almost all the time the pattern is the same during childhood where the children are given substitutes um, in that, like, if they need love and affection, they're given cookies or sugar or cake or they're giving a, a new nanny or they're given um, nice clothes and they needed something else and they weren't able to get it. So later on as adults, that's where the addiction elements begin to come into play because in actuality there was some type of an abandonment either literally or emotionally or psychologically and then this compulsion to fulfill it with things that somehow fill that need becomes part of the psychological makeup of people with this particular dragon. So uh, it, 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 can be, uh, it can be a tough one. And then the other side, a lot of times people with this dragon will try to, um, you know, it's like people who smoke who just absolutely decide they're never going to smoke again. They will never smoke. They will stop cold turkey. You know, uh, that can be difficult to, to do. And it, it tends to create almost like a rubber band effect because you, now you're withholding as a means of, uh, of, of moving forward, like you're, you know, you're, you're trying to stop yourself from, from, from wanting that thing and, and deprive yourself of it to make it, quote-unquote, go away. You know, the problem with that is always the same, which is that you, you haven't addressed the original wound that the things that you're trying to acquire represent. So uh, that's kind of the key. But enough too much time to go into the deeper psychology of all this. I did want to kind of mention it, uh, that, that a, lot, a lot of people have this dragon. I, I've never been much for it, but I didn't really have the, the, the issues a lot of people who developed the greed dragon had uh, when I was younger. I didn't have those abandonments and uh, that sense of, of, of uh, replacement. Although a little bit with sugar. I think it was affection. My mom often gave us sugar treats, and that's been a little tough one to break for me. Okay. Anyway, that said, looks like we're running out of time here. 
Uh, again, my apologies. I know I had a couple of people that called in that wanted many readings, but uh, sometimes I get some at the end of the show, but really, like I said, because I'm only doing two or three shows a month now, guys, um, I like to stay on subject because a lot of people uh, check out my shows later on and they kind of want to hear the column and have me elaborate on it. So um, always, if you do want to get to look at many readings, call in for the uh, astrology shows when I do them because I always take callers during the astrology shows, and sometimes we do extra shows for that as well, too, but at least I try to do one a month. Uh, okay, guys, thank you for joining me today. Uh, again, my name is Jim Ventura. I'm a navigational consultant. If you want any information about any of the work that I do, books, um, sessions, things that they go to my website, jimventura.com. Check that out, uh, venturasag at yahoo.com, and get added to the monthly newsletter mailing list. You'll get discounts on sessions and all kinds of good information that comes each month, so check that out. I'll be back here in two weeks for my astrology update show. Thanks for joining me today. Everybody have an awesome summer, and I'm going to have a great vacation. Um, and uh, Cheers. <laughs>